Did you know that some lipsticks contain fish scales? We've got all sorts of fun, interesting, and unique information and more coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino. In case you didn't know, I'm Rhino. This is my show, and I don't know exactly what you're thinking. What else is in the lipsticks? Here at Did You Know with Ryan O, we are the podcast all about all sorts of crazy things, particularly with the pop culture references. We even got some awesomeness about science, history. We can talk about geology, geography. We can even talk about fees, you know, if that's the sort of thing that you need to pay in order to get by here and there. We could talk about it. I don't know why, but we definitely would. Yes, folks, here at Did You Know with Ryan O, we're random, we're awesome, and amazing, and I'm not going to do it alone. Yes, folks, today I'll be hanging out with a friend of mine, the one and only Scylla Quinones. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> what has been um, happening um, in your life recently that's amazing or outstanding? Um, I would say I have been making... Great personal connections lately. That's my big thing. Like, I have made some really great friends recently, and I've gotten to actually do things that make me feel connected to others. Any particular activities? or? Um, recently, I have been going out a lot with some new friends, but specifically, like this week, for example, we're going to go on a ghost tour over in St. Augustine, and I'm really excited for that. And it, per, on a personal level, like, I have severe depression, so, like, getting to go out and do things with people is a very concrete way for me to be like, see, you're okay. So, for me, that's a big thing. And, and has this appreciation of the supernatural, has that always been her thing, or did it just, like, one day <laughs> just happen? Uh probably always been my thing uh it's kind of funny there's a photo of me and my dad uh where i'm just like laying on him with a bottle and we are literally watching nesperatu like i grew up with horror i love horror <laughs> now you grew up j just slightly uh across the the pond as i like to call it yes in puerto rico and in Puerto Rico, that people are not very fond of supernatural things. Like culturally, we're super we're superstitious, but we're not. Uh, it's religious superstition, so it's like not necessarily as Americans like to think of horror. So it's not necessarily about like like um, like vampires and zombies and whatnot. It's more superstitious about like potential demons and the devil kind of yeah like i remember in fourth grade i actually got in a big trouble because i came to school with black nail polish that was enough for them to call me out of class because they thought you were a witch or something yeah that yes okay you'd be surprised but also like mind you 90s countryside puerto rico not like city city uh very small communities so like on one hand 
should have known better. But on the other hand, I was definitely the kid who didn't care either. So. So you were a rebel. Why not? Yeah. Uh, a lot of my friends that stayed there because I moved out of Puerto Rico as a teenager, early teenage years. But a lot of my friends that stayed, they're like, yeah, no, anytime any one of us did something wrong throughout high school or like later middle school, it would always be like, it's because you grew up with her. Oh, so they use you as a scapegoat. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's fine. I'm not there. If they need someone to blame, I'll be that person. People started blaming me for all sorts of craziness, but it was mostly like after high school because I was always the one that was uh, more willing to just go on adventures as opposed to just hanging out and playing Grand Theft Auto and uh, and what is it called? Call, Call, Call of Duty. Yeah, those sort of games. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Like for me, that I think that was part of when I first moved here. One of my big like cultural shock things was how like. In the States, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, oh, so you like horror. That's fine. Oh, you, you like these things. That's fine. And it was like, okay, there's no pushback. This is this is kind of nice. I used to record um, very specific um, Halloween episodes of different shows on VHSs and just wear them down over and over <laughs> again. One of my favorites as a little kid was Disney's Halloween Treat. Uh, so Disney's Halloween treat was basically a clip show of all of their spookiest moments. So they had, um, they had like the, the cartoon where they're hunting ghosts. Um, they had the, the cartoon where, uh, well, they, they, they took apart the bald mountain, um, part of Fantasia and they took like different clips, like from the rescuers and from, um, like different spots of Cruella de Vil. So like all these villain aspects and morphed them into one very big story told by a narrator. And every, like they did it three times. And each time they did it, um, one of them was done by the magic mirror, like the Snow Queens. Oh. Yeah. And the other one was just done by like a talking pumpkin. Interesting. And then the final one was just over narration. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, so you took all these like spooky clips, added some extra spooky music to it, tried to tell a story and call it a day. They tried to do something else with it, like with um, The House of Mouse. When that came out in the early 2000s, they did Mickey's House of Villains, which was traditionally a cartoon show, not a clip show, which is much shorter, but a cartoon show where they just show six cartoons and call it a day. I feel like I've seen the reruns of it. It has Jafar try to take over the House of Mouse with all the villains. Yeah. Yeah, I I've, I think I've seen like one or two episodes. And I was like, what is this? It's spooky and awesome. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and well, I would watch awesome. Casper like all the time too, just because, you know, I was a kid and that was a fun, fun movie. Just you ended up with Little Richard at the end of the song or the end of the show. So why not? That's fair. Uh, I remember my grandmother used to send us like VHS tapes growing up um, from the States down. So like she sent us the Digimon movie. Okay. She sent us Casper. She sent us like things she thought we would like. I was very 
I like horror or I like, I like an array of things, but for my brother in particular, he was very, I like futurism and I like monsters. So she would send us things based on that. So, so you got a, a little bit of a country and a little bit of rock and roll as uh, I would put it. Yeah. So is it, so there's, there's the horror aspect, but you also enjoy the sci-fi aspect too. I do. I do. Especially if like, it leads me to learning something like, um, for example, I really love Jordan Peele and his movie us phenomenal. I thought it was amazing. And I was talking to my boyfriend, Kyle, we talk about science a lot. So we were talking about, um, particle effects and like, uh, Shoot, I can't remember what it's called now. But basically what one like particle does, the other one will do. And in that conversation, I had this aha moment. I was like, wait, that's what Jordan Peele was doing. That's what us is about. And I like lost it. Nice. Because I didn't make that sci-fi connection that's totally there. Kind of like a, a visual magnetism sort of thing? Yeah. Like a monkey see, monkey do aspect almost? Yeah. So like if... Theoretically, if you could harness it, like, yes, you could make something far away. Do do the same thing as that thing that you're manipulating. And that's kind of the premises of us, where the government made these uh, duplicates. And the theory was if we could make these people do something based on what we're making these people do, we can control. But it failed. Messed up and I dig it simultaneously. Exactly. So I was really excited about that. Um, but yeah, no, I like sci-fi. Um, used to watch a lot of sci-fi, uh, the, the actual network. Oh, sure. When we got, um, when we got cable or not cable satellite, satellite was the big thing in Puerto Rico and, um, didn't like everything, but I think that was more because cultural connection. Like I wasn't really into Star Trek. Like now I'm a lot more receptive of it, but I remember when I first saw it, I was like, no, this is not, this is not it. Same thing with Star Wars. Like it took me a while to get my head around it, but, um, there was a show that they had galaxy. Was it galaxy quest? No, but I do remember that movie. Uh, no galaxy something where like, they, half of the crew was aliens and they had to like bring this girl across the universe. It was a weird show and it didn't last very long, but I did. I do remember watching that one and being like, this is kind of cool. But otherwise, like it was very, very much movie oriented growing up. Yeah, I remember um, about the the Star Trek aspect of it. There was a young kid who, like, liking Star Trek, always everyone sees it as nerdier than most things. Like, if you like Star Wars, it's kind of been more socially acceptable. But liking Star Trek, for some reason, is a little bit less socially acceptable. But then you get to a certain point where you just stop caring um, and just enjoy the things that you enjoy like there was a certain time because i've been reading comic books for forever there's a certain point where most people stop reading comic books so they become too kiddish and then you get to a certain point where you're like 
why did I stop? So you start reading them again. But it's that part, like right around, oh, I would say like 11 to 14, where what everyone else does or thinks is so important to you that you stop doing the things you like in order to fit in. And then you feel bad later and you're like, forget it. I'm going to watch Power Rangers. <laughs> See, and that, that does make sense. And like for me personally, that was a weird age because about 13, 14 is when I moved to the States. So like that was compounded, so to speak. Um, but no, when it comes to like, I feel like especially when it comes to sci-fi as a genre it's one of those genres that the older you get the more you appreciate it because i feel like there's a perspective there because you, you experience more so you kind of like have a better aspect of what things could be or should be exactly like um i will say as i've gotten older i understand science better it's a subject i've come to really like so when i watch sci-fi now it's there's more of a, I want to say connection for me and the sense of understanding what's going on versus before it was like, this seems weird. This seems not at my level, you know? But now everything is slowly catching up to your new level. Exactly. I love it. It's like that. It's like that theory of like, there's different versions of yourself. It's just your new version. It's catching up. <laughs> Nice. Your, your new version of you. Well, hopefully your, your, your newest version. So like Scylla 7.0, whatever it might be, um, loves pizza as much as a previous version. Uh, a little, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have a minor thing with pizza. Okay. What's your minor thing with pizza? I don't like fluffy pizza. That's fair. So you like a thin and um, crispy. Yes, because okay. my my problem with it, like I got, I had a really horrible experience, and then I also ate pizza at the time. So whenever I eat fluffy pizza, it always like mentally brings me back to that, and I'm like, no, no, that is a bummer. We're not doing this. So <laughs> yeah, we need to create a sci-fi movie where um, we go back in time to the moment that caused that pizza trauma. And we try to solve it so that all pizza is good pizza. That would be dope, not going to lie. Um, I would call it, uh, what would I call it? Um, uh, p pizza time? Like, 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 like almost like a piece <laughs> of time, but like, p yeah. Terrible pun. Well, speaking of Fair enough. better puns, um, it's now time to do our normal segment known as Ryan O and the mailbox of doom where I open up the mailbox, try to see what's in it without getting chased by a giant boulder. Uh, so a few episodes ago, I asked people if in a mythical theme park, what sort of lands or rides would you want? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read them off one by one and you and I can comment as we go along. Sound good. Sounds good. All right. So the first one we got here is Hydration Land, sponsored by Vitamin Water. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Like, yes, but also sticky ooh. Well, yeah, like I'm picturing um, like a land. So, so I'm picturing like a giant like hydro coaster, but of multiple different colors. I can see that. 
Um, hike your coaster, and if they put the LEDs like in the the spouts where the water is going, they could make it the different colors of vitamin water. So then you'll have your blues, your pinks, your reds. There you go. And a whole bunch of yellow. Uh, let's see. We got somebody saying, reds. I want a theme park based off of the book Night Circus. Ooh. Why does that sound familiar? I don't know, but I want it now. Let me go to my magical device directly in front of me. Uh, Night Circus. I can't spell circus. C-I-R. There we go. Is it by Morgan Stein? Yes. Let's see. Night Circus. A two star-crossed magicians engage in a deadly game of cunning in the Night Circus. Huh. Could be fun. Definitely some uh, carnival vibes. And a whole bunch of magic. So, like, you know, you could do a a special merry-go-round, but people disappear on it. Ooh, that would be cool. Uh, let's see. Someone says, uh, how about the ride that you go on that makes your body feel like it's 20 again? <laughs> like an emotional time machine? Uh, they were just wanting to be young again. Like yeah. physically young again, like the fountain of youth. I think that's, that's in St. Augustine is the rumor. And it tastes like uh, it, it tastes like sulfur. Gross. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, someone said actually driving a fully functioning Batmobile. That would be cool. Uh, when I lived in Connecticut, I went to school at a magnet school. So every morning we'd have a really long drive, and I actually got to see a Batmobile. Nice. There's a guy that owns one in Connecticut, and he literally, every single morning, I swear he does it on purpose, he parks it in front of his house. Like, you cannot miss it on your commute. Well, if you got it, flaunt it. Exactly. Although, I will say, like, if it ever goes missing, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next part here in this one is uh, 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 affordable restaurant experiences the land. Affordable. So just a, an entire place of just affordable restaurant experiences surrounded by theming. I feel like that's like, uh, what do you call it? The food festival at Epcot, except for make it affordable. Yes. So I'd instead be of so having, down for that. Instead of having like uh, two meatballs and charging $8 for it, you charge um, $3 for two meatballs. That would be nice. You could also go to the World World Trucks place over by uh, Old Town. Have you ever been there? I have not. It's across the street from Old Town uh, and Kissimmee. Sure. And basically, like, the trucks are all, most of them are from Latin America, but, like, they're all different countries. There's Japanese truck. There's, um, last time I went, there's a vegan truck now. Okay. Like, you can try all sorts of stuff, and it's way cheaper. So you can you can eat around the world, but on an affordable budget. Exactly, and it tastes so good. I, I love it. Uh, our, our next one, I'll have to try it. Our next one here says a Transylvania with a haunted house based on the original Bram Stoker Dracula. Ooh, freaky, but also like my. I feel like 
it would aesthetically be pleasing, but not necessarily pleasing on your body. Cause like going up and down stairs, that's a workout. Unless you do it haunted mansion style where you have like the, the doom buggy Ooh. kind of taking you up and down and around. That would definitely be infinitely better. That'd be the only way I would do it. I'm going to be honest. Well, Cause then you'd be forced to push through it as opposed to people stopping. And then like, I just see it as a logistical nightmare. I, I don't know how a lot of these places with haunted houses deal with people just not moving. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of like when they do um, the, the, the haunted houses over at Universal. They have that problem every once in a while where people will not move either because they're too scared or they think whatever installation they did was so cool. So they have to literally be like, excuse me. You need to move. And and then if they don't, if they just break down and cause a panic. See, I'm just thinking it's a logistical nightmare. Just put them in a vehicle, strap them in, and push them through. That would be the best way. Like, if, if I ride a theme park like that, that's how it would be. It'd be like, in you go. No choices. Go ahead. Well, well speaking of choices, the, the last one here, the, the final one we got, is a, a racing coaster of three tracks based on Heracles' Versus the Hydra. Oh, no. I mean, it would be cool. But also, how many times would you be able to ride the coaster back to back to get the different tracks? And how are you guaranteed to get the different tracks, too? Yeah. It's kind of like when you go on um, rides to have different endings. I've done it before, and I've always gotten the same ending Every freaking time, you get bored really, really quickly after that. Yeah, so you try to move on. Otherwise, you have to find the math. Like at um, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, riding Star Tours, there are so many different options yeah. and different lands. But how do you get all of them without spending have, an entire week? I've literally only gotten CP3O on that ride, like ever. That's weird. That's it. I don't know why. But I'm like, me and you, buddy, we're frenemies now. And he's all, goodness gracious me, I'm a shiny robot. Exactly. Although it's kind of weird. Well, it's based on the original Star Wars. So not weird. But like, if we were to update it, he wouldn't be that shiny anymore, unfortunately. No, he'd be all... Uh, all Rusty. Yeah. Missing pieces. That's weird but awesome simultaneously. Um, So speaking of weird and awesome simultaneously, um, I've got a random fact. We're going to jump around into random fact time here in the podcast. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'd like you to just guess, just a random guess, amazing guess, about what you think the answer is, okay? Okay. All right, so they say in in Uganda... um, there's a, a large percentage of the population that is under 15 years. What percentage do you think that is? To be clear, a large percent of the population is? I'm, I'm giving you a hint. There's a large percent of the population that is under 15 years of age. What percentage do you think that is? Is it... 41%. Oh, you are super close. It is 48%. Ooh. Yeah, they have a total My first of... guess was going to be 46, and I was like, no, that's too high. 
Well, they also have 42 million inhabitants, so that's that's also another close number. Um, there are about 20 million people under the age of 15. The, the reason is because the population is just rapidly expanding. Because um, in 1950s, there were only 5 million people in Uganda. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot more young people because, you know, the older people... Population boom and... I would assume it helps that their country has been expanding and with technology being more accessible. It makes sense. And, and people are living longer because of it, and and then they can afford to live more comfortably so they can have more people and whatnot. It's a, it's a grand old time. Good for everybody. That's a fun fact. Well, so, some more fun facts coming up. Um I have just found the quietest room. Here it is. Um, it's loading. I hate when it loads again. There you go. The quietest room in the world. Um, where do you think the quietest room is located? Ooh. I'll give you a I hint. I feel like... A corporation owns it. That doesn't seem surprising. A corporation owns it. Is the quietest room a part of like an audio company? Mm, not necessarily. A tech company? Yes. Is it Is it owned by Alphabet? It is not. Give you one more guess before I give you the answer. I'm going to guess that the quietest room is a tech room for for some sort of uh, robot-based something, probably owned by one of the major tech companies. Here, according to this article, um, located in Redmond, Washington, um, the lab room in Microsoft... Um, it has a background uh, noise of negative 20 decibels. Wow. Which is 20 decibels, 20 decibels below the threshold of human hearing and breaks previous records. So it is indeed the planet's quietest place. I feel like it would, it would be creepy. Like even though it's below human hearing, it has to feel creepy. Just the absence of sound. That's insane. Microsoft, me and you need to talk. <laughs> well, from one strange thing to another, um, I found out just now that there are only three countries in the world that do not use the metric system. We are one of them. What do you think the other two are? Ooh. So U.S., I want to say it's going to be a random country like Greece. I mean, you're close. Is it Italy? It's it's smaller. Smaller. Uh, Just give two random guesses. Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with 
the Vatican, because that's considered some country, right? It, it is. And I'm going to go with Angola, because it's a random country that never gets mentioned. I, I love the randomness of it. Uh, the, the other two is uh, Liberia. Okay. And Myanmar. Myanmar. Oh, I'm a little upset that I didn't guess Myanmar. Because I was talking about them the other day. That's cool. Yeah, those are the um, the only other places that don't use it. I don't know why. Um, pretty soon, I bet one of them will switch over to it. But the United States, probably never going to switch to the metric system. No, we're American. We're too stubborn for that. We haven't switched to other things. Why start now? It, it would... It would literally take out like a whole component of math, the conversion. They don't want to do that. Mm -mm. That's that's too much work. All the other stuff is already built onto those particular things. That's true. Well, speaking of other things that we don't want to do, but we have to do, it is now time for a word from our sponsors. So we'll be right back, everybody. Did you know with Rhino? What's up, y'all? This is Nate Hampton, also known as Cousin Nate. Got myself a new SoundCloud up and running. Would appreciate the likes, the listens, the follows, and all that good stuff. If you like up-tempo, fast-paced mixes, this is the place for you. Also going to have a lot more mixes coming up real soon. So give it a follow. It's www.soundcloud.com slash cousin underscore Nate. Thank you so much. Are you a fan of Pokemon? Are you a fan of RPG games, ukuleles, and creating awesome theme parks? Well, you can hang out with Steven, and you can see all sorts of amazing awesomeness happening on Mondays, on Thursdays, and on Saturdays, all on twitch.tv slash it's Steven with a P-H. That's I-T-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-W-I-T-H-A-P-H. It's Steven with a P-H on twitch.tv. Are you currently wearing a Team Ryan O shirt? Well, if you're not, you should be. And you can be. At our merchandise shop, Zazzle.com. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com slash store slash Did You Know with Ryan O. We've got all sorts of amazing shirts, even pertaining to some amazing inside jokes here, including choices were made. Ryan O is my hero. Adam's cheesesteaks, the rambunctious Johnson sick note tour shirt, and much, much more. You can even find some koozies, some hats, and some other amazing stuff. Only at the zazzle.com slash store slash did you know with Ryan O. Wear it, share it, love it. And now back to our show. Did you know with Ryan O? Alrighty, so before the break, we were talking about all sorts of weird stuff, so we are definitely not going to stop talking about weird stuff. So I've been playing this um, ridiculous game on my phone lately called Iron Marines. Have you heard of it? No. What so, is it? So Iron Marines is a, um, a real-time strategy or an RTS game, um, very similar to StarCraft. StarCraft, of course, you, you had a base and you built um, people or creatures or whatever, and you had them try to attack and take over the entire map. Okay. So, so Iron Marines is you are Marines in space, and you're trying to survive on a planet. It's like one of those, um, it's kind of like one of those tower defense games where you set okay. up things and all these aliens come running after you. 
but you've got your Marines in like space outfits and whatever. And it's kind of fun. I spent, a, in the, I think it was on sale for like two ninety nine. Um, so I grabbed it on the app store and I've been playing it um, on my break at work because I can go through a mission and like destroy 90 aliens and then, you know, finish my sandwich and call it a day. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So that is the weird game that I've been playing um, this particular week. Have you been playing any weird games this week? Weird games. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am a huge Dead by Daylight fan. Okay. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's an asymmetrical horror game where you can either play as the killer and it's you by yourself hunting down four people, or you can play a survivor, in which case you are on a team of four people trying to survive. Your goal as a survivor is to repair generators. You have to repair five to power up the gates and escape. Okay, so your, your overall goal is to it's just not get murdered and escape the yes. place. Yes, but if you are the killer, your goal is to hook these people and sacrifice them to the entity, which is like the spider evil thing that keeps you in the realm together. I see. So, so you're you're as the 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 villain of the situation. Just how I can label it. Um, you're you're sacrificing the person. That's weird. Um, <laughs> It is very weird. Um, weird as, motivation. Yes. Uh, as the game has progressed, their storyline has gotten a little murky. Like, originally, they had a handful of survivors that were all, like, original characters. There was the underperforming guy who was literally average, got lost in the woods. He ended up there. Um, there's a girl that... She was a biologist or chemist, chemist. She was into basically like science and she went in a hike in the woods and she disappeared. Like those type of people where they're important and their skills reflect in their abilities in the game. But like they're, they're, they're kind of people that when you go looking for them, you don't really find them. Or you, you don't, or like the police won't prioritize them. Whereas the killers, originally, the original killers were all people who were jaded and or like these strange situations where they turned into these evil people. It, it kind of like immediately reminds me of Cabin in the Woods. Kinda. Uh, there is a reference, I believe, to Cabins in the Woods in one of the survivors but it's only like a minor one like oh yeah they were supposed to work on this project but then they disappeared things like that but as they've expanded they've gotten other licensing so like they got Saul they got Freddy they got um they got Ghostface from Scream yes Ghostface is one of the top five I don't like playing against him guys okay uh, like, oh, Stranger Things. But the premise is that this evil entity identifies killers, identifies people who would either 
want to kill people endlessly. Ergo, they, um, they're easy for the entity to say, hey, do you want to do this? And or that have weaker wills where it can tell them, hey, you should do this. So they will do it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it's it's just trying to f- figure out like like uh, like the the motivation behind all of these guys. Like it already has my brain frazzled. Personally, I have a favorite original killer that they've introduced, and that's the Huntress. Okay, what what she, she do? She is considered a harder killer to play. Her thing is that. One, she sings. So as she gets closer to you, she sings this Russian lullaby that when I first started playing, I could hear it at night. Like, it was so addicting of a song and so freaky of a song. Like, it it literally is, it incites fear, the way that they sung it. But uh, she throws hatchets. So a good huntress can literally hit you across the map. And wow, uh, but she's one of my favorite killers, not so much to play because she is a little bit difficult to play if you're a newer killer in the game, but favorite in terms of story. Okay. Her story is that she is from the woods in Russia and as a young child, she witnessed her mother uh, get killed by an animal and her mother accidentally like because they went hunting um pinned her down and to calm her she sung the lullaby okay and but that trauma caused her to be a little warped in the head and uh her mother also made her like face masks of different animals so she wears face masks like she'll wear a bunny one typically but there's a bear one there's a fox one like, whatever you want to wear, you can buy it, like, because they have a store for outfits and things like that. But my personal favorite thing about her is, like, so you have this dark backstory. Uh, one of the maps is her map, where uh, you're in the Redwoods, I believe, mm-hmm. is what it's called. Yeah, the Red Force. And she, she then grows up to kidnap children, because she didn't have an adult to explain how life works because she wanted a child of her own, but she accidentally kills them all. And that's when the entity is like, Hey, you have a skill. Um, how about we pull you in? Yikes. That's dark and twisted. And I like it. It's creepy. My dream is for Halloween horror nights to have a house dedicated to her because she is the best original killer. In my opinion, because it's it's inventive, it's it's creative, it's dark, it's twisted. Yep. Um, and and they have other ones like there's, uh, and there's some that are connected. Like there's one called the spirit, and it's based on Japanese uh, spirit lore, where she kind of looks like a floating grudge, and okay. she's absolutely terrifying because she can, um, phase walk where if you see her standing still, like moving her hands all weird, it's because she's actually invisible somewhere else. Oh. And then she'll pop up there. Um, but she is the granddaughter of another killer, uh, the Omni, which is, he was like a warlord in um, in Japan. And he 
he he just went crazy with wanting to kill people. So the entity took him and then his great, not his granddaughter. It was like his great, great granddaughter. She was severely mistreated. And then her father killed her. And entity was like, I bet she will also be a killer. If I, you know, reach out to her, introduce her to this world. And sure enough, like she followed his path. That that's messed up. I, I like, I like, I already like the story. It's one of my things um, about a lot of games and, and movies nowadays is I like when things are connected. Yes. And honestly, that's one thing I really like about it. Cause like you don't have to really think about the story. Like it, it's one of those things where it's like the game is fun to play but if you want to know more, they have archives. If you want to sit there and say how it looks like they're similar, if you look at their character profiles, they'll tell you what their name was when they were human. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they had the same last name. I wonder why. Like, the connections are there. And because of that, I'm excited to see where they take things. Like, they just came out with a new set of killers called the Twins. Okay. Uh, I haven't played against them. They came out in December, and I've also been playing a game called Valorant a lot. Okay. So I I was kind of, like, engrossed in that when it came out, so I'm still waiting to queue up for a killer to play her, but, like, it introduces the concept of what if there was a smaller killer? Because she has, like, a twin... Uh, I don't even know how to call it. Conjoined twin, I guess. Sure. So but they're kind of like Siamese can... almost. Yes. Um, and it comes out of her to attack people. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I. That's different. I haven't seen her at all in my own playthroughs. But I've seen what it looks like watching other people play. Mm-hmm. And I've really, I've, I'm rooting for the success of this killer because if, if there is enough people playing them, typically that's a way for the people who make these games to sit there and say, okay, we can make smaller killers. Gamers or, or our audience will, t- will be able to handle it. Because that's that's been their only reasoning why they haven't done Chucky. Uh, they've talked about the Leprechaun. Like, I would love those killers. But they have to figure out the mechanics and how it would work in this world. Sure. They got to figure out the, all the... Yeah. Yeah, because cause then you, you got to, like, worry about them hiding behind things. and. Yeah. Um, and they already kind of started that with Saw. Because in Saw, they have the killer they selected for that is called the Pig, and she's from the first movie, Amanda. Uh, in the game, she literally can squat down, and because she's wearing regular clothes and not obvious, I'm a killer clothes. A lot of people confuse her for a survivor. Okay. A lot of people will sit there on a gen saying, "Oh, good, another survivor is coming to help me," and it turns out, oh no, it's the Pig. Run for your life. So, so, uh, can you describe just like like a typical thing from like like start to finish, like a typical game for us? A typical game. Um. So once you're in the game, it'll 
kind of do a, a Orcarina time like day one thing okay. where it'll it'll pan around your character and whatever map is chosen. And on the bottom, it'll tell you what map it is and which specific type of map it is. Uh, I say that to mean like, for example, a popular map is the McMillan estate. He's associated with the Trapper. Okay. That's the killer. That's his map. And sometimes you will be in the version of the estate that has the mine, and sometimes you'll be in the version of the estate that has the mechanism in the middle where it's, like, processing what they mined out. Okay. So it'll say McMillan Estate and then whatever subtitle to it, like the mines or something. Sure, so it's a different aspect of the same area. Gotcha. Exactly. So there are certain things that are, every single area is going to have it, but every time a map generates, it's slightly different. So the first, when your game starts, it'll show you that, and then it'll zoom out when your survivor to let you start playing. Your job is to go find a gen. So the first thing I do is I look around for any uh, light, floodlights that I see flickering in the distance, and I try to go towards them. As I go towards them, I look around to see, A, off the bat, can I see the killer coming at me? And B, if I can hear them. Anytime a killer gets close to you, you hear a heartbeat. And the more intense that heartbeat gets, the closer they are. Ah, so you're hearing your own heartbeat. Yes. Okay. So uh, I like the mechanic a whole lot. I thought it was genius the first time I played. I was like, aha, I am terrified. Thank you. Um, nice. But... Basically, you're just going to figure it out. If you have, you can get up to four perks. Those are four different abilities. I like to run Spine Chill because Spine Chill will light up anytime the killer's looking in your direction. Okay. So if I hear the heartbeat and I see Spine Chills going off and it's steadily going off, not like flickering, like maybe he's trying to figure out where I am. No, it's steadily going off. I know for a fact the killer knows where I am. Time to book it. Okay trying to try to escape. Um, if it's flickering and not quite steadily going off, I'm like, okay, he's in the vicinity. I can't panic though. Cause chances are he didn't see me yet. Once I find a gen, start working on it. It takes about a minute to finish a gen, which feels like forever in the game. Okay. Um, but you watch the bar there. It triggers, um, Skill checks. Skill checks are these round spears with uh, little boxes on the side where you should be hitting. If you're playing mouse and keyboard, it should be the mouse button. I like to play with a controller. And with my controller, it is getting dark in here. Um, with a controller, I just press A, I believe. Super simple. Okay. Um, until it's done. And in the meantime, literally your job, because as you do it, it'll make noise. Your, your killer person is looking for you. So there are times where you have to stop playing with the gen and you have to run. And running, honestly, involves a lot of what we call looping. And to loop, you have to like jump a window, try to find a secure spot to run them where they can't hit you. Okay. So, so Which you're just trying to escape. So and, and it interrupts it. So you have do you have to go back to the generator or does it 
you automatically have, complete. It does not automatically complete. You have to go back. Someone has to do it. And mind you, while you have four skills, so does the killer. So if the killer has something like pop and they kick the gen, it's going to regress hardcore. Or if they have a hex active, maybe every time you don't touch that gen, it's going to regress anyway. Okay. You never So then, um, so then, how do you go from there to to basically? Um, how do you know when the game is officially over? When everybody escapes, or when everybody's murdered, or? So the, it's a combo of both, actually. So as you do the gens, people are gonna get hooked. People are gonna get caught. You get a total of three hooks. The first one, you have some time to be rescued, and you're kind of just sitting there, basically. Uh -huh. uh, the second time, though, you have to spam your space button because the entity will actively try to kill you. Okay. And then the last time, it will kill you. We call it death hook. It's... And like that last, that third hook, as soon as you're on it, you're dead. So a lot of the times other people are going to die. Your my primary goal when I play is try to getting the first three gens done, because if somebody dies after those three gens are done, a hatch will spawn. And the hatch is an escape route, an emergency skate route. If you're the last survivor and you can't get the gates opened, that hatch is what you're looking for. Okay. Because once you go through the hatch, it will, you're free basically. Right on. Yeah. Um, I, as a weird mechanic or like a weird side effect, because I don't think when they made the game, um, it is a social game. So there are things that happen organically that the developers didn't consider until people kind of just started doing it. So for example, if you play a match where you outrun a killer repeatedly or um, the killer sees someone not helping, sometimes killers will purposely go after the people not helping that they've noticed um, and let you live at the end. Like, I've had a killer, I've had a ghost face literally carry me to hatch. I was the last person alive, dropped me on the hatch, and they're like, there you go. Because they felt I did a good job. Wow, that's, like, breaking the concept. Like, aren't you supposed to want to murder everybody? Exactly. It, it's it's funny, because, I, like I said, I don't think the developers thought about that. I would love to see them play with that idea a little bit more. Because it does happen a lot. Just like uh, when people play the pig, because she can crouch down to the same level as a survivor, she can be confused for one. And what people have started doing, there's a motion you can do as a survivor. You can either beckon someone to come to you or you can point at them. And if you point while crouching down with the pig, they call it booping the snoop. Because it'll look like you're booping her snoop. And some killers love that. If you do that, there's a minor chance they're going to let you go. Because they think it's hysterical. Just like I've had a killer that I ran 
most of the game with him, just evading him. And at the end, he literally, like, gave up. He just stood there like, okay, you win. This isn't going to end well. And he ran the other way. He just let me go. Is there anything special when it happens? Or is it just like, oh, okay, you've won. Congratulations. Um, Not really. Other than you get to live. And in my case, like, I really appreciate it when I get to live. So I'm a big fan. Some people really love it. Uh, if you go on to YouTube, there's tons of compilations of people. Um, Mind Gaming, Ghostface, or Myers. Myers is probably the scariest of all the killers because he has an ability that makes it so you can't hear him. Ah. And that's absolutely terrifying. Like, ah, there you are. Goodbye. Yikes. So, so with all this... Um... Uh, a quick let's jump into a quick rapid fire of some of your favorite things and um yeah favorite things about the the game itself so what would you okay. say your um your your favorite killer is my favorite killer is the huntress my okay. favorite killer to play is the pig and then what's your favorite like um what are they called the uh the survivor it's it's a hard one. Uh, typically, it's Meg. Meg is a girl that was an athlete. She went. She sacrificed going to college to take care of her ill mother. She went for a run in the woods, and she disappeared. That's her story. Okay. She uh, disappeared. Yeah. Um, because her mom was ill, and I believe her mom died. Uh, they, there was no one to look for her. So she disappeared. But uh, other than her, my favorite other survivor that I don't own yet is Yui. She was a girl gang motorcycle professional. That automatically sounds complicated, and I like it. Go on. Uh, basically, her story is that she wears her like color is pink she always wears pink in any of the outfits you buy her because that was her girl gang color because she was super against domestic abuse and she herself had she had it happen to her so as a result she made this girl gang to protect other women and to like literally go after people but at the same time she was a professional motorcyclist like she did tokyo races and that's how she disappeared she was racing out of tokyo and she raced into the fog Ooh, racing into the fog sounds like an epic name for like a a, a song or something honestly i'm i'm surprised nobody has really uh touched on it Although a lot of people, because she comes from the same DLC pack as the two related killers, a lot of people have really wanted her to be related to them, but she's not. Um, so then what do you say um, is your favorite map to play? Oh, uh, my favorite map is probably one of the, one of the most hated maps. It's the Silent Hill map. Is it because it's all like foggy and whatnot or... Opposite. The Silent Hill map is inside a school. Ah, okay. There is no fog in there. 
But the reason most people don't like it is because you're it's a smaller map, so you're almost always in killer radius range. Sometimes your heartbeat will be going crazy, and it's because they're on the floor above you or the floor below you. Okay. Uh, but I like it because I find it easy to, like, navigate it. And uh, it's literally... It's incredibly similar to the video game Silent Hill, the first one. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you've played the first one, you'll have an appreciation for the design of that map. Nice. Uh, There's also an Easter egg in the map where after you do the clock tower, you can actually open up the, uh, the weird cult room and see it. So when it first came out, a lot of people played the map specifically to do that, to see what it looked like okay. and how the the game kind of like did its nod to it. I dig it. I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of when things connect Easter eggs. I love it. Um, there is an Easter egg element to the games. Every map has a golden toolbox that the devs hide on purpose and uh, I know there's one Twitter user who's very, very obsessed with finding them to the point where, like, even the devs themselves have reached out to him. Like, there's a hidden one in the Hawkins National Lab from Stranger Things. Okay. But you can only access it if you're playing the nurse. She's a killer that blinks through walls and things. Ah, Okay. Uh, if you play her, you can blink through the portal, kind of like in Stranger Things. And on the other side of the portal is a room that has it. And they put, as an Easter egg, because this guy was so obsessed with finding them, they put his name, like his initials, in the uh, code next to it. Okay. Well, that's one of the things I like about it as a company, the people who make it. The devs are very, very involved sure like i i'm on their discord and they run it and they they're aware of what people like what people are doing the social aspects even if they didn't necessarily anticipate that would be what they're doing does that make sense oh yeah definitely um Um, so, so they're all about trying to help improve the experience for the people who love what's going on with it Exactly. And it's kind of nice. It's very rewarding. Um, Another map I really, really love is called Hamden Field. Mm -hmm. That's the Michael Myers map. Every time it starts, it always starts with the piano key. And um, the the way that they have set it up is just a beautiful nod to the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though the character, Lori because Jamie Lee Curtis has a license on her likeness, looks nothing like her. Well, of it's course. depressing. It probably looks more like the, the gal in the remake. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at her right now. I'm like, mm, she looks wonky. Sure. It's not great. Uh, but that's why, because they have a license on it. But... Some characters, like Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, looks amazing. Nice. Um, Ash Williams from Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, sure. He looks amazing. He's one of the characters in it. I'm, I'm a big fan of, 
um, of the Evil Dead. Just, I love it. Oh, not all of them have like phrases. He's one of the few that has a phrase. I bet it's groovy. He does say groovy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I want to say there's something else he says on a random occasion, but I can't remember. I know that one of his Probably outfits. Like, Here comes the something. boomstick. No. I'll have to tell you if I find it because sure. I don't own him. So I don't play him very often, but one of his, um, one of his hands is the puppet and I love it so much. Nice. Right um, uh, like you and I could talk about this for forever and ever and ever. Um, I think that's true, <laughs> but we'd have to do a second episode for that. So we might just do that in the future. Um, so, so overall, um, Dead by Daylight, where can people play it? They can play it on PlayStation, mobile. It's completely free on mobile. Uh, Steam on PC on, I believe, Xbox also carries yep. it. They Oh, the Switch has it, and there is cross-play. Everybody can play with everybody except for mobile because mobile operates differently. Nice. Uh, so you heard it, folks. The the Dead by Daylight want to definitely check it out. Um, so so as we're we're jumping down um, here towards the end of this podcast, we only got uh, uh, three things left to do um, since we've been having an awesome time. An hour has blown by so quickly. Oh my gosh! So um, towards the end of the podcast here, um, we're going to talk about the word of the day, which is super spooky and crazy. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to tell you um, the word, and I'd like you to tell me what it means um, and where you think it came from. Like, um, like who do you think created it? Sound good? All right, sounds good. All right, so the word of the day is esoteric. Esoteric. I want to say it means, like, not normal. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, um, that is one of its um, things. Um, not normal. So it's like rare or special. Yep. Uh, I want to say it was coined in England. It's one of those weird words that I, I know I've come across it before. So, so yes, it appears in uh, the English in the 17th century, um, but it tr traces back to Greek by way of the late Latin um, esoterisus. Terisus? Yeah, esoterisus. That's kind of like where it... Um, was, Strange land? It, it, it comes from within. That's what it, its meaning is. Um, so the actual definition is designed for or understood by those with specific knowledge or training. So understanding Ooh. from within. I like it. That's a good word esoteric which is now jumping us into the the most crazy and ridiculous aspect of the podcast the random trivia generator brought to you by randomtriviagenerator.com so what's going to happen is i'm going to ask you super fast questions i need you to give me answers as quickly as possible if they're not amazing just give me an answer are you ready already already i can do that all right here we go um science how long does it take blood to circulate the vascular system Three hours. 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> what Chinese princess commanded the army of the lady? 
was it uh, Princess Wu? Wu something. It's the lady that appears in Civilization. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Wu, because I don't know what her name is, totally. It is Princess Ping Yang. Ping Yang, no. Okay, um, keep going. In geography, Lake of the Ozarks is located in which U.S. state? Montana? Missouri. What is Missouri. sauerkraut? Sauerkraut is cabbage chopped up. That is correct. It is pickled cabbage. <laughs> nice work. Um, in, in Newton's second law of motion, force is equal to mass times what? Mass times rate of motion, um, rate of speed. Super close. Acceleration. Nice. Um, and then finally, um, what was Paul McCartney's Bond theme? So what was the name of his Bond song? Oh, um, wasn't 007. <laughs> that would be too easy. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with whiskey. It's live and let die. Should have known it was something with die in it. They always are. And that's going to complete the random trivia generator. You survived. Nice work. Thanks. Wasn't sure where it was going. It, it, ne it never goes like the way you think it does. And that's what I love about how random it is. Because we all learn something together. I like it. That's good, though. <laughs> Which is what we did in this episode. We learned about a whole bunch of things together. I mean, we talked about um, we, we talked about growth of a country. We talked about super quiet rooms. Talked about some video games, some mythical theme parks, and a whole bunch of Dead by Daylight. So that's going to lead us yeah. <laughs> to the end of the episode, where normally I have you, our guests, ask a question for the audience. So what do you think our Ooh. question of the episode should be based on something that we talked about. Ooh, um, I think you should make it horror related. I think you're right. Uh, how about if you had to create your own horror pack for a video game, what would you put in it? Like, would you choose certain TV shows, movies? What What would you do? Gotcha. So pretty much like if you were to create like a horror themed video game, like what would you, what sort of characters would or, you use? Or if you, if, if you could expand on an existing horror game. Nice. I dig it. What would you add to that video game? Yeah. I love it. All right. So where can people find you if they want to check out some of the stuff that you're doing i hang out over on twitch at stitcholo like stitch from lilo and stitch plus olu o-l-o-o-o -O -O. so that's s-t-i-t-c-h-o-l-o-o -O -O? yes right on you heard it here folks go check her out there well thank you very much for joining us here <laughs> on this podcast thank you for having me I hope you had fun. I know that I most certainly did. Absolutely. I had tons of fun. It was a blast. So for those of you out there, if you want to 
um, answer that question, you can do so on Facebook. Did you know with Ryan O? You could uh, check us out on Twitter at Did you know Ryan O? Or just shoot me an email. Did you know Ryan O at gmail.com. For those of us here, to those of you out there, we hope that you find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O, and we'll see you next time. Did you know Ryan O?